Turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Psalm 27. If you have the Uversion Bible app, you can turn there this morning and uh, go to the, uh, the bottom right-hand corner and hit uh, More. And when you see Events pop up, you can uh, choose Events. And from there, you can follow along with all the scriptures and the points today as we go along this morning. Well, today we're continuing, we're in in week two of this uh, series that we've been in based off of our Fierce 40 reading, and uh, this morning we're going to look at the Psalms together, and man, this is a great nine o'clock service. I tell you what, nine o'clock feels real good this morning. You guys are worshiping, and it's alive in here, so I'm I'm just excited to share with you today what the Lord has laid on my heart today. So we're going to look at Psalm 27 this morning. I'm going to read the whole Psalm. It's not that long. It's 14 verses long. You've read this if you've been reading in Fierce 40. And this is one of David's Psalms, okay? He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. In response, he says what, y'all? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked events against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell In the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. Did you hear that? My head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. That sounds like it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. For you have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Last week I told you that when you read the Word, the Word reads you. Now that hit me this week in a very uncomfortable way. So it's confession time. Um, Nobody in my house of the five of us are mourning people. I am the most mourning of the five, and I'm not very mourning. But one morning this week, um, within the first few seconds of Tressa and and Mai's interaction with each other, I asked her a question. She didn't answer it the way I wanted her to, so I snapped back. 
She snapped back. And within 30 seconds of starting our day, we were already mad at each other. Now, I'm sorry that that disappoints you, but that happens in our house. But I said that when you read the Word, the Word will read you. So when I sat down, about 30 minutes later, opened up the proverb, I read, A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. I hear you, Lord. So I got out my phone and I texted her and I said, you remember when the pastor said Sunday that when you read the word, the word will read you? Well, I just read the word and the word just read me and I apologize for my harsh words. You know, I don't know about you, but, but getting in the word, we're on day 21, man, it's good, but sometimes you just feel like you, mom and daddy's taking you out back and wore you out. But today we're going to take a look at the, at the we're going to move on from the Proverbs, which kind of just wear us all out. But, but the Psalms is, is different. The Psalms just, it has a different feel than anything else in Scripture. And, and just a little background about the Psalms. You know, the Psalms are in the Old Testament. They're grouped with the other books of poetry like Ecclesiastes and Job and Song of Solomon and Proverbs. David wrote 73 of the 50 of the 150 psalms are attributed to David. And some of those are attributed to Solomon or Moses or the sons of Korah or Asaph. Those psalms were composed as early as the 1400s BC and as late as 500 BC. And if you're ever on jeopardy, I'm going to give you some psalm information. That's pretty cool, actually. So we tend to think that the Psalms is the largest book in the Bible, but that's not true. It has the most chapters of any book in the Bible. Actually, the book of Jeremiah has more Hebrew words than any other book in the Bible. But here's the cool thing about Psalms. Psalms has the shortest book in the Bible, shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117, and the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. And Psalm 117, the shortest chapter in the Bible, happens to be right in the middle of the Bible. Okay? So if, so if Alex ever asks you those questions and you're ever on Jeopardy, you can, uh, you can remember those little Psalms facts. But Psalms was written for a number of reasons. Psalms was written for... Individual singing for quiet meditation, for group singing like we've done this morning. But really, at its core, what we find in the Psalms is that the writers were usually more interested in how something felt than what it meant. When you open up the Psalms, it's really like reading a diary than anything else. It's kind of looking into the heart of the psalmist. And, and when you read the Psalms, you, you need to read with your heart... Not just your mind. I would say that the psalmist, when I hear the psalmist, there's, it's raw. It's genuine. It's, it's honest. It's, it's undeniable emotion. I, I would sum it up like this. Real people pouring out their deepest emotions through gripping and incredibly authentic prayers and praise. That's the psalm. When you read through the Psalms, though, you find all types of prayers throughout the Psalms. And 
Josh, if you'll give me those, do you have these? There's all types of prayers you'll find out through the Psalms. And I want to run through these. And, and you've noticed these as you've been going. First of all, you've got the addresses to God. Where the psalmist says, oh my God, my Lord, my deliverer, talking straight to God. Then you've got this appeal to God where the psalmist says, arise, answer me, help, save me. Then you've got the psalmist describing the distress he's in. He says, many are rising against me, the wicked attack, I'm in distress. Then sometimes you'll hear the psalmist complaining. This might make you feel better about your complaining. Because sometimes the psalmist says, why have you forsaken me, God? Why have you hidden your face from me? And then sometimes the psalmist is, is petitioning. He's saying, Lord, be not far from me. Vindicate me. Sometimes the psalmist is trying to motivate God. He's saying, Lord, I, I want you to hear me. I take refuge in you. I, I, for your name's sake, I want you to do this thing. Sometimes the psalmist is talking about his adversary and he says there's no truth in his mouth and ruthless men seek my life. And sometimes the psalmist calls for retribution against his enemies and says, look, let them be put to shame, God. Call them on account for their wickedness. Sometimes the psalmist cries out and says, Lord, I don't know why this has happened. I've walked in integrity. They're hating me without cause. And other times the psalmist confesses his sin and says, Lord, I confess my iniquity. I have sinned against you. Sometimes the psalmist says, I trust you, God. You're a shield. You're going to answer me. You're going to be there. Other times the psalmist is declaring prayers of deliverance, Lord. I, I will sing of your might. My lips will praise you. And then there's the calls to praise, the shouting to God, the clapping to the Lord, the, the dance before the Lord, the lift your hands, the, the, uh, the sing praises to the Lord. And if you ever wonder why we do what we just did for 30 minutes the way we do it, it's in the Psalms. If it's not in the Bible, we're not going to do it here, okay? So, but you read the Psalms and you hear clapping, shouting, singing, dancing, praising, being quiet, meditating. All those things are in the Psalms. And finally, the Psalmist, there's motivations for praise. The things that fire up, that give him the fuel. He says, you know, you've delivered me. The Lord hears the needy. So, this week, as I, as I was thinking about, okay, we're going to talk about Psalm Sunday. How do we unpack that? You know, where do you go? Because there's so many different things you can talk about when it comes to the Psalms, okay? And I'm like, okay, Lord, do we talk about worship? We can talk about why you worship, who you worship, how you worship. Lord, we could talk about the Word of God and how, okay, we're reading the Word, but the Psalms talks about the power of the Word. Like Psalms 1 and Psalms 119 talks about when you read the word, what the word does. We could talk about how the Psalms are prophetic and talk about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We could talk about how there's stories behind the Psalms. You can open up a specific Psalm and it will take you to a specific date and a specific, specific place in the life of David where he's in a cave and he's, he's wondering if he's going to make it. And then... There's psalms that basically are this confession. We, we could talk about the, the, the confession of sin behind the psalms. So I really had a hard time figuring out this week, of all the great things in the psalms, what are we going to talk about? And so this is why I decided. We've got to do a series on psalms at some point, okay? That may be like a three-year series. Who knows? For us to get through all of it. No, I will not be. I don't do three-year series. 
that's not me. I will, I will lose my place, and you will too. But here's what struck me. This week, I, the 21 Psalms we've been reading in the Fierce 40 up to today, I read and studied all 21 of them this week. I, I, just, I just read through them and made notes and kept looking at them, kept looking. And there was something that just kept coming out at me, and it was this. It was the definitive framework and nature of the Psalms. Now, here's what I mean by that. This year of 2020, there have been very few things that we can say have been definitive. Now, this virus that we are all sick of hearing about and ready for it to go back to hell where it came from. We're all, we're all we've had it, right? Am I, am I alone? We've, we've had it. We're ready to be done. I, I told somebody yesterday, I said, we didn't realize how good we had it in January and February of this year. But one of the frustrating things about COVID-19 is that there's nothing definitive about it. You know, we don't really know where it came from. We don't really know if these masks work or not. We don't really know when we look at the numbers, are those really the numbers? And even people who are tested, we don't really know if they got it or not because some people are tested and they show no symptoms and they're positive. I mean, we, you guys have heard all the stories. So you, you agree with me that there's very little definitive about that virus. I'm hoping when we get down the road and look in the rearview mirror, we will have something definitive, at least we can say. And at least we'll all say, hey, I lived through 2020, right? Now, there's a bigger problem with the definitiveness of this year, and that is we don't know if we're going to have college football or not. Amen. Okay? Come on, somebody. Now, this week, of the Power Five, two have already chickened out. I'm just going to say it. You know, I'm going to preach now. <laughs> Talking about football. So, you know, a week ago, it was definitive. The power, the power Five were going to play. Now, two have dropped out, and the other three are like, we're definitively, we're going to play. Y'all wait and see. We'll see. We'll see if they definitively play. One thing that's not definitive is journalism. I, I don't care which one you watch. You don't know if it's true or not. You can watch the one that you think is true and it's biased. It's hard to know what's true. It's extremely frustrating anybody else. This election that we have coming up, they're already talking, we've not even voted, y'all, and they're talking about whether or not the results will be definitive and what, and what which side will, let me slow down, what each side will do if they're not elected, if there's not a definitive answer, okay? Are you with me on this definitive thing? In a season of life when it's truly hard to Find things that are clear-cut, absolute, definitive. When we hear the psalmist sing and pray and write and praise, we hear a definitiveness that we should seek to endeavor. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The definitiveness, the clear-cutness the absoluteness with which the psalmist speaks. Now, there's three things that I see in this. Now, when I share these points, if you, if you get sleepy, they're going to go over your head. But they're not as overwhelming as they're going to sound. 
But I had to get them to sound right. You know, I had to get my words lined up so it made sense. And there's three definitive things that I see in this, these 21 days of, of reading through Psalms. First of all, I read what I'm going to call definitive divine declarations. Y'all awake? Can you handle that? That means absolute God statements. Statements that the psalmist makes that are clear-cut and undeniable. So when you start reading through the psalms, you hear these definitive divine declarations. Now let's take a walk through a few psalms and hear what he says. Psalm 9, he says, and these are the ones you've already been reading. He says, definitively, the Lord reigns forever. His throne is established. He rules the world. He judges the people. He says the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed. He's a stronghold. He's never forsaken those who trust. Definitive statements. You see it? Divine, definitive divine declarations. Psalm 18, he says, the Lord is my rock. Watch it. Fortress. Deliverer. My God is my rock. My shield. The horn of my salvation. My stronghold. Not, he might be. I'm not sure if he is. No, he is. Everybody say, he is. Yes. Psalm 23, the most popular of them all. He says, the Lord is my Shepherd. Psalm 23, he says, You definitively prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You definitively anoint my head with oil. Psalm 24, definitively, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Whether they want to believe it or not. Because why? Because definitively, clear cut, he founded it and he established it. Psalm 24, he's asking himself a question. Okay, I'm, I'm talking about this God and he just says, well, Mike, who is the king of glory? Well, I'll answer my own question. The Lord, strong and mighty, mighty in battle. Not backing up. Psalm 27, we read it a moment ago. He says, the Lord is my what? Light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Definitive Define divine declarations. Psalm 40, you are my help, my deliverer, you are my God. You do not delay. Sometimes we just need to say that. Lord, where are you at? Sometimes we just need to say, God, you do not delay. You're going to show up eventually. Don't know how it's going to happen, but you're my God and you do not delay. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. If you've not memorized Psalm 46, 1, do. That is one of the absolute best verses in the entire Bible. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in a time of trouble. Psalm 47, the Lord Most High is awesome, the great God. God reigns. He's seated on his throne. And the last one, Psalm 95. The Lord is the great God, the great king above what? All gods. Hear it? Definitive, divine declarations. He is standing flat-footed, 
No question about it. Boom, there it is. This is who God is. So I want to ask you, any of that coming out of your mouth? As you're reading that, are you just reading it and literally checking the box? Because we got the box for you to check on the Fierce 40. Or is this getting inside of you a little bit where you're saying, God is my refuge. God is the stronghold of my life. God is the king of of glory. God is my help, my deliverer, my shield, my fortress. See what I what I am doing is I am taking y'all ready for it. If you've been here the last few weeks, you can help me preach it. I'm taking the graphe and I'm hearing the logos as I'm reading it, but when I start speaking it, it's becoming rhema. It's alive. It's coming out of my mouth. The Lord is the great God. You hear that? Okay. So that's good enough. Pack it up. Go home. But the psalmist does something else. He doesn't just speak with definitive divine declarations. He, he declares who God is. But then he thinks about, now how does that apply to me? So what do I say in response of who God is? Well, that's when he speaks Definitive personal proclamations. Undeniable, clear cut what I'm saying about who God is. I've already said undeniably this is who God is. Now I'm going to say what God is to me. The application of what I've just said. So listen what the psalmist says. Personal proclamations, okay? I've said this about God. Now I'm going to say in return this about me. Psalm 9. I'll give thanks to God. I will tell of your wonderful needs. I will be glad and I will sing praises of your name almost high. Psalm 18. I call to the Lord who's worthy of praise and I have been saved. Personal proclamations. I've been saved. Psalm 18, in my distress, I called to the Lord, I cried, and he heard, and he came. Now, this is a callback to the one we read a moment ago. The Lord is my shepherd, a definitive divine declaration, and the response, a definitive personal proclamation, I lack nothing. God's position, the Lord is my shepherd. My position I lack nothing. Okay? Are you with me? Psalm 23. Even though, we sang it a while ago in, in that song Highlands. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I declare, my personal proclamation is that I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23, he goes on to say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's what you're doing. You anoint my head with oil. And as a result of what you've done, my proclamation is that my cup overflows. Now, look at this callback. Psalm 27, he said, the Lord is my light and my salvation, my divine declaration, my personal proclamation, whom shall I fear? 
Divine declaration. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Personal proclamation. Whom shall I be afraid? Are y'all getting this? Psalm 30. I'll exalt you, Lord. Psalm 42. Oh, this is one of my favorite ones. Because again, a while ago he asked a question about who God is. All right? And now he's asking a question about himself. And he just, and this is a conversation we need to learn to be able to have with ourselves when we get down to look in the mirror and say, What's your problem? That's what he's saying. What's your problem, son? What's your problem, girl? Why are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed? Put your hope in God. Sometimes you need to look in the mirror and preach to yourself because I'm not going to be there to do it and maybe you can't pull it up on your phone quick enough sometimes you need to look in that rear view mirror don't be dry when you've stopped and say why are you so stressed out today put your hope in God and that person's going to pull up beside you and say oh my goodness what are they doing sometimes you got to preach to yourself Psalm 30, I'll exalt you, Lord. Oh, no, no, that's the one we just read. Psalm 63, he says, personal proclamation. As a result of what God has done and who he is, I'll lift up my hands. I'll be fully satisfied. With singing lips, I'll praise you. I'll remember you. I'll think of you. I'll sing. I'll cling. Psalm 66, shout for joy to the Lord. Sing the glory of his name. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Come and see. These are all the responses, the personal proclamations. Psalm 71, for you've been my hope. I've relied on you. Psalm 71 goes on to say, as for me, this is incredible, y'all. Listen at this proclamation. A definitive personal proclamation. I will always have hope. Somebody say that with me. I will always have hope. When hope is completely empty in my life, I will put a drop back in the bottle when I say, I will always have hope. Definitive personal proclamations based on a definitive God. A divine declaration that I can make. That's powerful. He says, my mouth will tell of your deeds. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts. I will proclaim what you have done. Again, it's the graphe opened up becoming, you read it, you understand it. It's the logos, but when you begin to speak it, you're speaking rhema. And what you're doing, it's not just that I'm just speaking it, but when I speak the word of God, you're replacing that other garbage that you're saying. Now I need to go get in the altar because I just felt the Holy Spirit say, okay, that's for you too, pal. The complaining and the frustration, if we're not careful, we will, we will just wind ourselves up in a tizzy between now and November 3rd. Don't do it. It's not worth your health, your blood pressure. Look, it doesn't matter who's elected on November 3rd. The divine proclamation and declaration is that God is in control. 
it doesn't matter how much worse it gets. If 2021 makes 2020 look like a walk in the park, God is in control. And we better put our big boy pants on, y'all, and get ready because it might get a lot worse. And if it does, all it is saying to us is that Jesus is coming back. We've talked about it. We've sang about it. And I think in our minds we thought, well, I'll probably die and it'll happen to the next generation. It may happen to us sooner than we think. And we may go through some stuff. But I'm reminded, oh, as I said that, thank you, Holy Spirit. What did David say? I have never seen the righteous forsaken. That doesn't mean that we won't go through some stuff. But what it means is when I'm going through stuff, I say, I will always have hope. Amen? So watch what happens in this equation. Definitive divine declarations plus definitive personal proclamations equal definitive continual confirmations. How about that? So when I declare who God is, the divine, and then I make it personal, I will do this, I will do that, I will sing, I will have hope, then there is a, there are definitive, continual confirmations that will follow me down the road. It starts, mm, in the first verse of Psalm. Look at this. Right out of the gate, the, oh my goodness, the first word, y'all, is blessed. Do you see that? The first word of the psalm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the company of of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, I delight in the graphe becoming the logos, and who meditates on that logos day and night. That person, the confirmation, is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, which continually grows and is fruitful. You see that? And whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Psalms 1.6, he goes on to say, The Lord, the continual confirmation. He watches over the way of the righteous. Why? Because he's a ruler. Because of the divine declaration we already made, I can enjoy the continual confirmation that he watches over me. Psalm 23, after David unpacks that the most beautiful psalm of them all, Psalm 23, at the end he says this, Surely... Continual confirmation. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy are on my heels, Ricky. No matter what I'm going through, in the valley of the shadow of death, they're right behind me, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is an eternity waiting for us with Him. Psalm 27. Oh, listen at him again, y'all. Flat-footed definitive in 2020 I remain confident in this that I will see the goodness of the Lord 
in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Psalm 34. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack what, somebody? Nothing. Psalm 34. Listen at this. Listen to this list he runs. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. The Lord hears them. He delivers them. He saves them. He delivers them. He protects them. Definitive, continual confirmations. Do you see that? Okay? So let's, let's put it all together. Definitive divine declarations. What God has said. Definitive personal proclamations. What I've said about what God said. Release definitive, continual confirmations. But the formula only works one way. There's a commercial that you're real familiar with. It's a popular actor. And he talks about credit cards. He said, of all the credit cards you can have, there's one credit card, above them all, who will do everything that you want that credit card to do. He tells you about the interest rates and all the things that that credit card will do. And at the end of the commercial, he asks a question. He says, what's in your... You know that guy? There he is. Hey, what's in your wallet? So the question I have for you as we finish this message today, not what's in your wallet. Can you guess it? What's in your mouth? What's in your mouth? This reading that we're doing is not just to say we're doing it. It's not just to it is to shape us, and we, that, that's kind of where we started with this whole thing, with saying that the reason why we're reading is because we, we said, you know, the world's shaping us right now, and we need to be shaped by the Word. But part of us being shaped by the Word is it not just getting in us, it's got to get out of us. So what's in your mouth? Now watch this. The Proverbs and the Psalms speak a lot about this. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Definitive declarations and proclamations. Proverbs 12.14 says this, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with what? Good things. So from what you're speaking and saying about God, about who God is to you, you're filled with good things. Watch this. Even when we come to the Lord, by grace we are saved, but the scripture tells us that there's another part to that formula. John tells us if we confess our sins, what I say. If 
We confess our sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth. You see it? So, so we come to salvation through what we must speak. I must speak it. I, it's, it's by grace through faith, but I've got to confess my sin and declare with my mouth. It's that simple. Paul says, you read that this week in Romans 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, what? You will be saved. So with all that in mind, here's the prayer that, that we must pray. Psalm 141, set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep a watch over the door of my lips. What did I say? You read the word, the word will read you. Well, that's a good prayer to pray. Lord, put a guard over my mouth. What I say matters to my spouse, to my kids, to my coworkers. What I say over my health, my wealth, my life, what I say about the situations that are in my life, God set a guard over my mouth. And in response to that, Psalms 119, you're going to read this here in just a few days. This is the other prayer. Lord, if I'm going to Enjoy those continual confirmations. May my lips overflow with praise. You see that? For you teach me your decrees. Lord, you teach me who you are. Definitive, divine declarations. May my tongue sing of your word. Definitive, divine declarations. And then Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Those are prayers that we can put in our spiritual arsenal to say to God, what's in my mouth? I'm going to switch. I'm going to make a change in what's coming out of my mouth. So that the things we've talked about this morning, watch it again, divine Definitive divine declarations plus definitive personal proclamations equal definitive continual confirmations. You see it? So the question for us today is what's in your mouth? Cody, if you'll come and play for me. Just play on the guitar and, and I guess everybody will come over here in a minute. I, I don't know where they're at. I know where they're at. They're just... I'm shorter today than I usually am. They're like, hey, he's got 30 minutes left. Okay, so do you see what you need to walk out with today? Your next step. What's next? It's putting a guard at my mouth. It's taking the things that I'm reading. And I begin to speak and say those things about what I'm reading about God. It's then beginning to take those things personal and speak those things over my life. And when those things come together, what's the first word in the book of Psalms, somebody? Blessed. Say it again. Blessed. Blessings will follow when I put those things in place.
So Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Anybody say, that's a good verse for me to memorize and start saying. Set a guard over my mouth. Okay? All right. So let's, let's get ready to pray. And before we do, this is what I want you to, I want you to think about for your own life today. Do you need to put more divine declarations in your language? Do you need more personal proclamations? Maybe you're doing good on one and not so good on the other. Maybe you're just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm zero for two today. I need to do both. Anybody? Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. God, I thank you this morning that your word shapes us and creates us in the image of you that you you have for us. And so today, we hear your word. We hear what you're saying to us, God. We, We hear you calling us to take what we're reading and to begin declaring it over our lives and over our situations. We hear it today, God, that you're calling us to speak personal proclamations over our lives. And in result, God, in as a result, God, there will be continual confirmations over and over and over in our lives today. Josh, if you can go back a couple of slides and find those last three scriptures. Psalm 114, beginning with Psalm, I'm sorry, Psalm 141. Let's stand this morning. We're going to pray the word over our lives today. Here we go. I'm going to make this our prayer. These three scriptures today. Here we go. God, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Say it with me. Go back again. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. May my lips overflow with praise. May you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word. May all your commands are righteous. And the last one. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord, right now we make that prayer personal. Will you just pray that over your life right now? Come on. I want to hear people praying. If the Lord's speaking to you today, Lord, I'm giving you my words. I'm giving you my mouth. I've heard the word today. I got to change something. Lord, right now, we just confess today that we need to make a change in what's coming out of our mouth. And Lord, we need, we pray today for definitive divine declarations that the things, the statements of God will begin to override the doubts and fears that we have today. God, we pray for definitive personal proclamations that we will become like the psalmist and stand flat-footed and say, I will sing unto the Lord. I declare that He is my shepherd. I declare that He is good. And God, I pray today, Lord, 
for continual confirmations. They're going to come as we, as we speak your word. As we declare who you are. That this week, Lord, may we be overwhelmed by the confirmations that come our way. As we pour that out to you and submit our words to you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to convict us. May we hear the voice of the Spirit when we speak and say things that shouldn't be coming out of our mouths. We pray for conviction to change us. That the Word just won't get in us, but it'll get out of us. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that today, Lord. We declare that over our lives in the name of Jesus. As we said a while ago, that when we leave this place, transformation will take place. We won't walk out the same way we walk in. Come on, let's sing a little bit of this today. Oh, would I climb mountains if the mountains were you hide? Oh, how far I'd scale the valleys if you grace the other side. And oh, how long have I chased rivers from lonely seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply. Cause in the Okay, come on. This is a personal proclamation right here. Sing it out. Come on. I will praise you on the mountains. I will praise you in the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. So I will praise you in the valleys all the same. No less God within shadows no less faithful when the night leads me astray you're the heaven where my heart is in the highlands and the heartache all the same whoa whoa whatever I walk through and whatever I Proclaim it. Proclaim it over your life today. Proclaim it over your life. Come on. Say it over your life. Hallelujah. Say it again. Wherever I, whatever. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. My song of the sand. Oh, oh, hallelujah. My song of the sand.
What's a song of ascent? This song is titled Highland Song of Ascent. What that means, the psalmist is saying, I am walking through a valley, but I'm coming out to the other side. I don't know if you've caught that when we've been singing this year, this year but that's, the, that's that lyric, my song of ascent. I've been here, but I'm not staying here. And that is a personal proclamation based on a divine declaration that I am walking through and I'm ascending to that next place. And, and look, I just want you to see this, this next lyric. There is so, it hit me a while ago, and I had not seen this before, but the theology in this next lyric is mind-blowing because look what he says. From the gravest of all valleys. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the death of Jesus Christ, the gravest valley that there ever was. From that valley of his death come the pastures that he leads me in green pastures called grace and out of that valley of death a mighty river flows upward from where there it is a deep but somebody what empty what is it empty what is it empty okay so the rest is gravy past that if, if you're walking out of an empty... See, you can walk out of a valley because he walked out of an, a grave. That's it. That's it. So let that be your song of ascent on your way out. On your way out. And if you're on the mountain, man, just sing to the top of your lungs. Enjoy it. Because you know there's a valley coming. But it's okay because you just, you just came through one. You can go through another one. Amen. Amen. I will praise you on the mountain. One more time before we go. I will praise you when the mountains in my way. You're the summit where my feet are. I will praise you in the no less. No less God within the shadows. No less faithful when the night leads me astray. You're the heaven where my heart is. In the highlands and the heartache all the same. Come on, give God praise today for what He's done in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. God, thank you today. Lord, we praise you today for your word. May it walk with us. May it go with us. And we praise you today for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Let our seniors go first as we open the doors. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week. And we hope to see you back here Wednesday night for Family Ministries Night at 7 o'clock. God bless you.
Pastor about scared the crap out of me when you did this. I said, I can, I can do it a little bit of something. You look over because y'all had come in here and you have to let the church come up and play and you did this and I was like, Yeah, you can just take the talk on side. Okay. So you grab you grab what you do. Yeah. Man, that song tears me up.